Welcome back to the basement, boys and girls, cats and dogs, whatever it is you want to be. You are now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. And as usual, we thank you, uh, returning listeners, for choosing to spend a little more time in the basement with us. It's nice down here, right, guys? It's sort of cool. Uh, new listeners, if you're tuning in just because you're like, shit, I really love our guest today, uh, you're in luck because it's a really great conversation with our guest today. Uh, I am talking about none other than DC's Brenda. Uh, we have three quarters of the band here. We have Dave, John, and Leia. Um, if you aren't familiar with Brenda, they just released their second album, Year of the Manatee, uh, and uh, they did a little tour behind that, been playing some shows around town. Um, they are a, uh, it's sort of hard to describe their music, but it is, it is poppy, it is punk, um, it is uh, fun, but it is serious. It is, it is all the things. It, it is very much like life, uh, one could say. Uh, so we've actually been trying to get them on the podcast for quite a while. Uh, they are friends with our friend Quinn Myers, who's on this podcast quite a bit. Uh, and every time I bring it up, he says, you know, dude, they're the nicest people. We need to come get them to hang out. Uh, we finally did. And Quinn, you were correct. Uh, three things you should know about Brenda is that they are committed to their uh, music and their art. They love it. Uh, but they love it just as much as they love their friends. Um, and they are, uh, you know, secretly, I think, in the back of their heads, planning to take over the world. So um, we've got that for you today. Uh, also, I just got back from Landmark Festival uh, yesterday. Shot that the whole weekend. Um, seeing some articles popping up. Our coverage is going to be out on Wednesday. Photos are up on Facebook right now, but the, uh, the main coverage write-up is going to be up on Wednesday. All in all, I would say, despite what you might have heard, uh, a pretty fantastic weekend. Uh, I've gone to quite a few festivals in my time, covered quite a few. Uh, there, Realistically, there's none better than Newport Folk Festival, but part of what makes that festival great is that it isn't over-the-top, like, huge. It's limited. Uh, that is 10,000 people. I think there's maybe twenty five to 30,000 down here. But the point is, is that it's just not this giant clusterfuck of every single band on the planet. It has to be curated because they can't fit all those bands in there. Uh, so in this inaugural uh, Landmark Festival, you know, curation might have suffered a little bit. You know, that I will give you. But everything else, uh, right down to the hour and a half beer lines, are things that you should expect from this first year out. Uh, it was for a good cause. Foundation raised money to uh, basically take care of our national mall. If you are in D.C., uh, you are proud of that and love that art, even just in America. Um, and, you know, I think the thing that stuck out the most is that uh, after all this time here, I've been here for seven, eight years, um, and you always had to go elsewhere to get an experience like this. And now, uh, if you haven't been down to West Potomac Park, it's great when there's not a festival going on. But now we have this thing, and we've shown that we can do this. And whether or not it's going to be for uh, the National Mall again, or maybe it'll just be a thing based in D.C., which I sort of would advocate for. We're going to talk about more in my write-up. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it's a very good thing. You know, like I said, could they have gotten some better artists? Sure. Uh, but that didn't keep everybody from being blown away by uh, Avers, uh, Rhiannon Giddon, uh, ben, uh, damn, Dan Deacon. I mean, holy shit. Dan Deacon was fucking amazing. That's the first time I've seen Dan Deacon, and it was right here uh, in my backyard outside in a park that, uh, you know, I frequently just like to ride my bike to and relax. So, 
um, for all that, I think, and, and maybe your experience if you came from out of town is different, but as somebody who calls DC their home, uh, I think this was uh, a fantastic weekend uh, of music. And, um, and yeah, so, so good on C3 and good on their team for setting it up. Uh, hopefully uh, they'll be back with something uh, next year. We can keep this going. Um, so just wanted to get that out of the way. And also say, hang out at the end of this podcast because we are going to be playing a new track by one of Paul's favorite bands, Dirty Ghosts. So without further ado, it is time to go ahead and roll the thing. So here we go. It is episode number 134 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're talking to Dave, John, and Leah of the band Brenda. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and go into some That right there is a wonderful house. to know <laughs> we have to say more stuff than that huh we're just saying we're not that's, that's all we're talking about yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm only gonna talk we're talking about, about gus eating chips on, on this. and the pope uh yeah but pretty much honestly like whatever you guys want to talk about mm. anything obviously the album mm. yeah and, uh, you want to talk about the new bathtub sure yeah we can yeah, but just night? running house house venues and stuff yeah because dave runs a pretty successful that's one too. Guys, look at you, <laughs> you little baby. Buddy. He's so cute. You're very cute. Um, we'll this is this is yeah. the this is the absolute most he's interacted on a podcast. <laughs> and it's not the first time we've had snacks down here. Interesting. Two of us Maybe are vegans, so that might he might feel he's a little se- he can sense oh. that we're vegans. <laughs> yeah. The worst vegans. Do vegans taste better? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <You're> okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, we had the uh, inaugural, or Leia hosted the inaugural uh, house show at, at Bathtub 2.0, yeah. Bathtub Republic 2.0. Yeah. It was nice, it was very hot and sweaty. It was, although it was better than the basement. Did you ever go to the old I think the... it was there once. Yeah, that, w- that would get disgusting. Yeah. That was swampy. It was bad. Yeah, but you guys now have a nice big space, nice big outdoor space. You can like yes, do a lot with it. The outdoor space is great. You have a little festival there. Like some of the upstairs, you got that back patio. I know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. I think. Dave, do you run a venue too, or not? Um, I I I uh, I I live at and help. Well, I I don't want to. <laughs> I do cl- things. <laughs> claim claim all the credit. I uh, what I mean to say is I live at four five three Florida, which has it's had different names throughout its very short history. Its its origins lie in the Communiverse. Uh, did you ever go to the community? I did. So um, we we all had to move out. Uh, yep. And most of us, the ones who wanted to stay at a show running venue, 
we all found this new place at 453 Florida Avenue, Northwest. Mm -hmm. And we had some names here and there. Um, we called it Noise House. We called it Mill Why'd House. Why'd you call it Noise House? We called it Noise House because noise was tagged on the front exterior <laughs> facade of the house when we went to That's first right. view. Please it. say it was with a Z E. <laughs> um, it was. It's you. You'll have to look at it. It's with yeah. like an upside down O. I know that doesn't make sense, but <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay. It's, <laughs> it's something is like it, that. Is there an umlaut involved? Are you sure it's not it's, a backwards O? I don't know. It might. Be. <laughs> You just have to see it to believe it. It's like an upside down eight. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's the most bizarre um, calligraphy like I've house. ever seen. I wish they kept that. That would have been good. Yeah. So we had Millhouse for a while, I and then um, we had a, a minor. We were informed of a of a tragedy that had oh. befallen a different Millhouse yeah. out in I believe it was Springfield, Virginia, and so we could no longer maintain this name Millhouse and. So now we're just known as our address. Beep, beep, beep. We figured that was the most politically <laughs> uh, safe move, no matter yeah. no matter what. You, you you can't argue with numbers. I was lobbying hard for Jesus Camp as the name, but <laughs> someone no actually did call as it. someone who grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia, I would go there like all the time. I'd be like, I feel strangely drawn to that. <laughs> well, it's sort of like you know, like. There's a lot of college towns that have a bar called the library. Yeah. So you can be like, oh, I'm going to the library. The library used to be up on 12th. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So, so I just figured, you know, for all those like, you know, ex-Christian kids like me, you know, you can be like, oh, I'm going to Jesus camp, go see the punks. <laughs> yeah. It almost stuck, but... Um... <laughs> I know. We were loving... We you, love yeah, I kept telling people it was called that. It could yeah. live again. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you guys are serial like house show starters or mm. house finney starters. So. Well, she is. <laughs> I no, uh, I got you moved to house finney too. I moved it's into one. Very... But you have started. You started. A, well, a bathtub venue was at, started at, at Red House. Also, yeah, though, I guess we did. So every house Leia has lived in since she moved to DC, she right. started a house venue. She's just, it's an illness. It's a. <laughs> it's a. It's a. I'm special. Yeah, you are. So before we get like, uh, I guess we, we have already started, but let's say, uh, introduce you guys, uh, John. Hi, I'm John. Yep. I play bass in Brenda. Dave. I'm Dave. I play guitar in Brenda. And then Leia. Leia. I play drums. Drums in Brenda. All right. And we are missing Alex Cozen. Um, he just couldn't make it out today. He's the Hi, other Alex. guitarist in Brenda. Hi, Alex. Hope you're. Look at Gus. <laughs> Maybe that's Alex. Push right up against my head. Uh, I think Gus is, is uh, lobbying to uh, join. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. We I wish you guys could see this right oh now. No, it was sure so we can't cute. give him a chip now after all. No, give effort? him a chip. Oh, oh. Good. I gave him a chip. a chip. Daria, don't listen to this podcast. Gus got the <laughs> chip. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh my God. Wow, just right. grabbed it in his fangs and ran away. So yes. we're crunch, crunch, Best thing crunch, ever. crunch. <laughs> We're here on Cat Talk today. Uh, talk about all the cats. Uh, no, we're here to talk about uh, you guys' band, Brenda. Uh, you just put out a new album called Year of the Manatee. Uh, that is your second album. Um, and let's, let's, I guess, get started. Where did you guys get started? Like, from the beginning? Sure. Mm. Or Careful. not. 
You tell it. A bridge version. We're all made you... of stardust. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not the best person <laughs> to talk about the beginning because I tend to I tend to get very rattle on. Yeah, I tend to get yeah. very like kind of grandma y. Okay, and... here's what happened. So Dave and his brother wanted to play music, and Dave was like learning guitar, and he met this guy at work, and they started playing, and then. Like, they slowly, over the course of two years, wrote a song. <laughs> we called it The Song. <laughs> As in, do you want to practice the song? Tonight? Right, right, right. And then, uh, and then, like, they would just, you know, jam and play the song. And, yeah. and uh, they decided to call themselves Brenda. Um, and then I met Dave when I uh, moved to D.C. for work. He was the receptionist. At the in the office suite I was, that I worked um, at, I was a finance assistant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. And I happen to answer the phone town, also. So. Yeah. yeah, and bring the mail. And he discovered that I played music, and so he invited me to come jam. And I mm-hmm. started playing bass with these guys, and then eventually moved to drums. Um, and then uh, we've had some membership shifts, mm-hmm. but since then. Uh, I think you guys see. are about to have another one, right? It's true. Well, we I don't are. want to talk about it, but... <laughs> well, well, John, how long have you been in Brenda? Uh, just over two years. Well, my, oh my, it's just been over two years now. That's, um, that's so amazing. Yeah. So We found John on the internet. It's true. Uh, it was OkCupid. Okay John.com. And, uh, <laughs> Brett, no, Brenda made a Tinder profile. Porn. You porn. <laughs> Pornhub. Well, I was doing porn, and then you guys saw it, and you're like, he's got a bass in the background. <laughs> No, uh, now actually it was great because uh, I, you know, I'd been trying to be in a band for two years in DC and tried to start something and it wasn't working. And then I saw them post the DC DIY shows, mm-hmm. and uh, Leigh was like, "Oh, hey, we sound kind of like I don't know, early Devo and Talking Heads and B52s or something." And I was yeah. like, "I need to join this band," and it was great. Yeah, we've really had three Brenda eras up till now. And we're about to have her fourth. And it's, you don't usually think of the bassist as being capable of anything. Of, yeah, of, of actually causing rifts right. between <laughs> eras. But it has been bassists that have. Right. Is the bassist your uh, spinal tap drummer? Exactly. Kind of. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Nothing good has ever become through. of our bassists. There was me, there was. Well, Steve. really, there's, well, there you don't was... really count. You, you, you did like three practices. No, if, you. Uh, if you think Jared counts, then I count <laughs> as the bassist. I know, but I thought you didn't like me to count you as the first bassist. Okay, well. Because then I'd have to count Jared as the original drummer. Right. So, okay, do you want well, to be original drummer or original bassist? It's original drummer. Okay, well then. <laughs> so we had Steve. That was like the early. <laughs> right. For Reno. Proto Brenda. He played three shows with us, four, and then had to go on his way. Proto Brenda would be a good name for a band. <laughs> yeah. Oops, and we, sorry. And then we had Dan, um, Dan Spagieri, who plays in another band in D.C. called Showpony, which is a really great math rock band. Um, and that was our middle period. I, I think we refined ourselves a lot. And then uh, we had, we've had we had John now for the longest time, and I think we came into our own with yeah. with John. And, and, I, and I think it has nothing, it, it has something to do with John's style of bass playing. Absolutely. Um, but it also has a lot to do with John's personality. We really, when John was trying out for bass, uh, there were better bassists. Easily. Yeah. Right. But I'm usually the third or fourth <laughs> best bassist on a four-band bill. So. 
I'm pretty happy when I'm third best. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> when we played Illuminati Fest, you were at least the seventh or eighth best bassist <laughs> out of twelve bands. <laughs> um, but we picked we picked John because we he just... wasn't at Illuminati Fest. Huh? Oh crap! You weren't. <laughs> Never mind. I feel the conspiracy. <laughs> um, John really just uh, his personality. Well, we picked him because of the personality. Yeah, and I think and and, and I think that's what I mean by um, th these eras being created. I think. Brenda's songwriting depends a lot on how we're getting along during practices, um, in emails between right. each other, how we're communicating about God, getting to shows, God. all that other stuff. It can, I, I, I think... Uh, it colors everything, yeah. and so naturally it colors the writing process as yeah. well. <clears throat> you know, just the inter interrelate. I mean, because, well, in two, it sounds like, you know, Let's say mid period, Brenda, you tended to write most of the songs mm -hmm. and then people would fill out their parts. Yeah. Yeah. And then third wave, Brenda, <laughs> has been a little more collaborative, uh, a little more writing on the fly, like mm. all together. Um, so I'm sure that's part of it as well. But anyway. and we also started touring. True. We'd never done that before. Yeah. Yeah. And touring. Have hey, you guys ever done that with any other band? I've never been in a band other than well, I had never been in a band before Brenda. I've been in one other band, but right, I've never been in one. I've never been in a rock band that played shows to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in bands that played to other people, and I've been in rock bands. So it's basically you hung out in this basement a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much. It was kind of like Dave's story, where me and this, you know, like. My longest running band was me and this guy would get together. Hey, you want to play music? Yeah, so there was a couple of those. But given that each, uh, like how you're getting along is is sort of coloring your songwriting at the time and stuff, is there a central, uh, besides snack core, or maybe that's it, <laughs> is there a central uh, sort of like core of what the expectation that you guys are going to be? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't, go ahead, Dave. I think, um, I think... I think we have a what? It's so I'm not the listeners love hearing you eat on podcasts. It's amazing. That's it makes us thing? human. No, no. It's, I think I think there are some adjectives that that um that we strive for to achieve, mm -hmm. and one of them is whether or not we get there. It's uh, simple or, or uh, uncomplicated. Right. Mm -hmm. I. I try to uh, uh, bring, hopefully, something simple to my guitar playing and my my take on vocals. Um, I'm not a I'm not a terribly good singer, so what I do is I just I I just I guess I uh, I lay the words out as simply as I can, and mm -hmm. I and the only way I know how to do that is to sort of talk, sing them. Sure. So that's that's been a staple. Stimme. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you speak German now? No. Uh, Connor <laughs> wrote that in the in the review. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I was. What uh, was the other word he used? Spretzatura or something. Oh my god. I don't even remember what that one means anymore. I think I had to look it up. He's in college. And I'm fairly smart, <laughs> but I did not know that word. He's in college. He wrote an essay. Mm. No, I have to look at it. I think it means I think it means when something on the exterior appears mindless, but mm, upon right. deeper uh, uh, reflection, there's something actually 
right. mindful at work. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, thank you, actually, Connor. That's actually a pretty that's a solid descriptor Brenda. for Brenda. Yeah. It <laughs> is. We, yeah. we have sort of a fun-loving sheen, and we do love fun, but actually, at the heart of it, most of the songs are pretty serious. Uh, so the subject matter is somewhat serious, but I think I think we've we've become a little typecast, and I'm not I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, there's this, this as a as a party band or fun party band like snack I, silly. Yeah, yeah. I used like to we do. Don't care. I used to dress up and drag more, so I think that became a part of the idea of what Brenda was. But um, these days, we don't. I'll be honest, um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what direction Brenda takes next because I don't have a, a, a very uh, refined vision of what we should be doing right. next. Um, so it's it's actually a little scary <laughs> right now. So, so, I mean, you said, you know, get a little typecast on this. Is How much of that was, uh, because you guys do, like, buried within, like, the silliness of your songs. Like, there is some serious stuff. Uh, how much of that was maybe, like, do you think deflection from you guys been like, well, we don't want to be, like, up front talking about this. We're going to bury it and stuff. Mm. Like, do you think any of that was intentional or? I think it's just, honestly, a lot of it is Dave's style of writing lyrics yeah. and his clever way with words. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, our songs are generally upbeat. Right. We right. like, we're we not, like you know, we're not writing many minor key songs um, and we try to keep the energy level up and so that you know lends itself towards party badness and yet we mm -hmm. don't really you know like we have some punk bleed through into our sound but it, you know we're far from a punk band right so we don't have that like sort of uh, you know immediate sort of serious cred kind of sound we're not shouting out things. And, you know, there is a lot of humor that goes on. But, the, you know, it's like you laugh so you don't cry kind of humor. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I was just thinking, like, Year of the Manatee. Uh -huh. Like, that is because of the song we wrote about manatees. And they get killed a lot in the Gulf. Yeah. Because of human behavior, mm -hmm. like jet skis and stuff like that and pollution. And so calling our album the Year of the Manatee is sort of like, putting forth this symbol of of oppressed animals. And we mentioned right. before two of us are vegan and um but it's funny too, right? Because right. like right. manatee, you're right. the manatee and like the and cover honestly, is like, a little who doesn't bit silly. love a fucking manatee. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> like, True. Yeah, they're like see, yeah. If you see cows. a manatee baby right now on the screen, all you all would like <laughs> cry. We, we are exploiting them at the same time we're hoping to raise awareness. It's true. Right. It's true. But at the same time, it's funny because, like, when we came up with that, like, what I thought of, one of the things that resonated with me, it was the whole, uh, uh, the band fucked up and they're, like, uh -huh. uh, Zodiac series of EPs, Year of the, you know, but they follow yeah. the typical Chinese Zodiac. And I just thought it was, like, a, an interesting, you know, twist on that that also mm. brings in some Brenda lore. Right. Huh. So, I never told you guys you're that. listening. Real talk well, We'd like Brenda. to go on tour with you. <laughs> Well, I mean, that gets back to like, the, you know, what you guys are uh, feeling together, like interacting together at the same time. Like he's feeling that maybe not, maybe not vocalize that to you, but he brings it in and all of a sudden like that's going to inform because uh, there obviously is a punk bass for all of you uh, that seeps into the music. It's funny you mentioned uh, B-52s because I was looking for I, and I may just be bad at the internet. In fact, I am bad at the internet. But, like, I haven't you seen a lot. You want a podcast. I know. It's funny. I cannot search for, like, just 
a single thing and find it. It's, it's so weird. You need an intern, buddy. I had one. She now works for the uh, 930 intern, Club. Hi, nice. Madeline. Oh, um, hi, Madeline. Um, and, hi, Gus. Uh, and Gus is... Jesus Oh, Gus. man, he's in the snack zone now. <laughs> We've all been there. He, he, is, he, he is laid out. Um, but, like, when I was, like, listening to uh, You're the Manatee, like, the only thing I kept going back to, uh, I think I'm a little older than you guys, and I grew up with the Athens scene. Oh, yeah. Mm. And so you had not just B-52s, bands like Pylon, pa- Love bands like Pylon. Love Tractor, and honestly, like, yeah. and like early R.E.M. and stuff. Yeah. And it, I hadn't drawn like the connection and all, but like what you guys are doing is like, almost, it's neck and neck with, with that. Hmm. And it's a weird thing that I see coming out of DC right now hmm. because it hasn't always been that way. We've yeah. been we've been very much like synth pop this or punk this or this instead of like an actual uh, almost original thing that maybe uh, amalgamation of all this stuff. Oh, thank do you, you do you have any other bands in mind from DC right now that are part of that? Uh, actually, uh, your housemate North Country. Oh yeah, I, I think yeah. you've put stuff together. Um, uh, there's a few other, uh, the names are escaping me, but it's, it's not, I can count them on a handful. That's not, um, and, and that's not to say that a lot of great work isn't being done here. Like there's amazing work being done here, but there's some stuff that is just sort of like, what? Like, oh, what's going on over there? What's that about? Well, we've always had a hard time categorizing our music. But likewise, I think you bring up a good point that I've had a hard time categorizing North Country. And I think they're, they're. Music is fantastic, and their songwriting mm-hmm. is great. But then they bring in all of these other fascinating instruments and mm-hmm. and and uh, like just arrangements. The that, just the work that Jonathan Parker is doing exactly. in that is like absurd. Exactly. So I mean, <laughs> Jonathan good. Parker. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, certainly that's, good. that's what I mean. It's yeah. like it's like good it's lord. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot stand. Um, JP, you heard it here first. Buddy. with Louis Weeks, and Louis Weeks is one of them, but he's a little more. You're Baltimore, even though he is around here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would throw, uh, honestly, I'd throw Steve up in that mix a little bit. Stranger in the Alps. Oh, oh yeah. Some of the stuff he's doing, uh, you know, it's a little more traditional pop stuff. But uh-huh. it's, it's definitely, um, the point The point I was trying to make is it reminds me of that scene. Mm. Do you guys That's feel interesting. Like, do you guys feel any obligation to a scene in D.C.? Or is, it, or is like, how mm. does that work for That's you as a, a band? That's a question. Leia? Yes. I would say I do feel a slight obligation to the scene in D.C., but there's a certain part of it mm-hmm. that I love and that I feel honored to feel an obligation toward. Okay. For example, last night's show was, I think, a little bit of an homage to my favorite piece of the D.C. like history scene, even if it's just from the 90s. Like mm-hmm. I'm speaking of um, Mike's band and uh, Justin's band, Antelope, that I love. Okay. That album Reflector mm-hmm. is incredible. And now they have this band Puff Pieces, which is also incredible. And it's born out of a history, I think, of like really smart, um, simple punk informed music that's not just punk, it's unique. Right. Um, what Ian Sfinonius does too, I think is yeah. very unique. Yeah. Um, and so I love to have that play into what we do. I think it definitely if, it's not an obligation as much as it is like a tradition to to be. It's fun to be a part of. Sure, to sure, carry sure. on. Would you but, guys agree? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I think that was way better said than anything I could say. Uh, 
And the only thing I would add is like, there is an awesome support within the scene and yeah. within the musicians and the people who come to the shows and help put on the shows and photograph the shows and, you know, do all of these other things. You know, there's right. so many parts to a scene, not just the musicians. And the fact that they are so supportive that you can expect to see a lot of the same people at a lot of shows in a good way, you know, uh, I think that's fantastic. And so in that way, I also want to lend my support and go to shows and, yeah. you know, on a school night or whatever, <laughs> work yeah. night, whatever. Uh, that's the obligation I feel is like everybody else is putting forth good effort. Interesting. I want yeah. to as well. Right. Yeah. And so, and I feel like this is a quick time to interject. Uh, in, I'm originally from Detroit, and they've been having this uh, phrase there, Detroit hustles harder, which is sort of like a cool kind of mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, we're up and coming. And I'm like, I agree, and that's great. I think actually, though, DC hustles hardest from anybody <laughs> I've seen. Like, yeah. everybody I know is like working really hard to do what they love, you know, whether it's making a podcast yeah. or or putting on a band, like, it, very mm -hmm. few people are half-assing it, you know? Like, you hear about other scenes, and people kind of are flaky and kind of not really serious about it. They're just doing it, sort of. But everybody here is really pushing. And the city does, though, attract a, uh, for lack of a better word, type A personality. Absolutely. Like, I don't think, uh, although I actually did. I came here for a girl, so that's that's <laughs> not in government. Nice. Um, and, uh, but uh, most people come here for a very specific reason. True. And... Uh, a lot of times that has to do with the government. Mm -hmm. you, know. you and Dave and I came here for not government, but jobs NGO. in our yeah, yeah, yeah. NGOs. I came for a job. Yep. Yeah, yeah, jobs in like fields we believed in, you know, activist fields almost. Yeah. Which is, and it's different, I think, than I'll say something like Detroit, where people will do that, but you see, or uh, honestly, even New York, uh, where something like pops up. The art scene is almost separate, where instead yeah. of, like, you can have somebody who does policy during the day and is in a band at night. There's yep. playing house shows all over the yep. place, which has lent itself to this uh, freakishly efficient like, <laughs> 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 of, like, having people do houses. Right. They, have, they have shows where other, like, venues, and it's not that, like, uh, Black Cat and 930 Club aren't necessarily supportive, no, but they're, they're also in it to make money. Yeah, Sure, they're, they're in great. it to make money and... and uh... Yeah, we're definitely not. <laughs> Bathtub Republic yeah. made $38 last night. <laughs> which is great. And That's a bottle a, of champagne. And a bottle of champagne. So, Thank you, Kevin. Yep. But I broke your blender. So but Dave broke I the blender and Alex Tebelo broke our table. Yeah, Sorry, so it was Alex. A, it was a, <laughs> as long as a net zero. We try not to leave too much money. Yeah. It's kind of like tour, actually. You know, like some bands can make money on tour. We've not figured that out. We <laughs> hope to we, break even. I think we... Maybe. Yeah, maybe I haven't done. I haven't done the the. I you didn't do the finance from the last one. I haven't crunched the numbers one. from the last tour. I gave up. <laughs> I yeah, we're just like it's a wash. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it happened. Do you think that's where you guys thrive? Is on stage, or would you rather like pull a steely dan and lock yourself in the studio? Hmm. I think we thrive on stage. Yeah. Our. I mean, I think we really like recording. I love recording, and I think we have. This last recording was fun because it was a little more. We had even one, quote, studio song, or two, I guess, like where we did more in the studio than we really could do live, which right. we didn't do before. Yeah, like we wrote it. We wrote yeah, we snacks finished, in yeah, the studio. Yeah, we finished snacks in the studio, and like we did some overdub stuff that we wouldn't have done. Shout out to Tommy at Full Glass. Yeah, Tommy Sherrod. He's like mm -hmm. a fifth member of the band. That's because true. Love you. 
he's helped us so much in that process. He worked on both albums. Yes. Uh, no. Yes. 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 He mixed uh, album one and mixed and mastered the first album. We engineered it ourselves with the help of uh, Jim Mori up in Boston, and then he, uh, Tommy, shared, engineered, recorded, uh, and mixed and mastered. Right. But uh, but yeah, I feel like. Brenda Live is definitely a different animal than Brenda Studio, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's like when you go see your favorite band, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to hear a replication of exactly what's on the album. Otherwise, you could just kind of put on the album really loud and put in earplugs and yeah. drink cheap beer at home. I mean, so, some people do, but not the interesting shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we don't have, like, cool light shows or something, so right. we have to bring something else. So I think we bring... Uh, Hopefully something that people like. Yeah, a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, energy mostly. A lot of energy. Sometimes giant pictures of manatees. Andrew Grossman, my roommate, mm-hmm. uh, songwriter of North Country, said to me once, like, a long time ago, I try to make every show I play the best show I've ever played. Mm. And up until that point, I had sort of treated certain shows as like, this is a show where I really yeah. need to try, and this is a show where maybe I don't. And I realized, like, damn, that is absolutely the way to do this. Otherwise, why would you do it? So now... I think ever since then, for years, that's what I try to hmm. do. I think we all do that to an extent. We played with this metal band in Charlotte <laughs> that got added to our bill. What were they? Sunflesh. Sunflesh. <laughs> and they got added all, at like, like 8 p.m. <laughs> at night. Like their tour manager called them up and said, go play this show. And they played first and they played to. Nobody. The other bands, yeah. which sure. was the only people in the this bar, and they brought a perfect show, like with like yeah. choreography <laughs> yeah. and like perfect execution. <laughs> when they, I Wait, mean, a it was metal a, band with choreography. I mean, it was amazing. Was... They had like these boxes that they would stand up on and solo, and then they would swap sides because yeah. they had like wireless stuff. And like, <laughs> they even if awesome. like I, the music wasn't my thing, I was so impressed that they would bring. 112% to this show for nobody that they just got booked at the last minute. And, and I mean, I took that to heart, you know. Yeah. I that fell asleep real. on the couch. Yeah, well, they fell asleep, <laughs> but it had been a long tour at that point. So You, you know who does that in D.C.? Uh, Jimmy Rhodes and Black Clouds. Hmm. Like, their their music is, it is what it is. Like, it's it's a trio. If somebody listening to this doesn't know, it's a trio. It's metal-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, super loud. But they bring out the fucking lasers and smoke machines yeah. and shit. And when you go see them, it's just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's awesome. nothing better. And they do it every goddamn show. Right. And actually, Jimmy's going to be on the podcast soon, like Sweet. in October and stuff. But nice. I'm going to go see a Black Cloud show. You, yeah, you, you, you need to. It is. I, I saw him at the uh, Black Cat. I guess it was around the time Dreamcation came out, and you usually stand up front if you're shooting something. And so uh-huh. it's like, I don't, after all these years doing this, enjoy that anymore. So I'll like go to the back immediately. But I was just like entranced. I'm like, it's just this laser shooting behind Jimmy's head. It's like, what the shit's going on? <laughs> I mean, it's fucking rock and roll. I mean, yeah. that's sure. that's what it is. I mean, do you guys? Uh, I mean, can there be a uh, that that level of pageantry in in Brenda at all? Hmm. I don't know if we'll ever get there. The most we've done is hang a banner. Balloons. <laughs> we did balloons. Oh, we've we done did. balloons. You did balloons. Yeah, you did balloons we in the video. We have done pageantry. We, I we threw a, a manatee bit. out into the crowd uh, at Black Cat. 
We once had a single release where we like floated it on balloons and released oh, yeah. it in yeah, the yeah. world. Yeah, uh, we, we released it on balloons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because stuff like that, I that was clever. you know, you can't always count on your audience, I think, to necessarily pay attention to you. So a lot of them are just there to see it. But they can come see, and even if, say, somebody like marginally likes you, and all of a sudden you throw balloons at them. And I'm not saying this is a thing you should do, like as a, a general plan for Brenda, but... Uh, you know, things like that can engage people in ways that I don't think anybody can anticipate. It's true. And all of a sudden you get a fan. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, ever since I was a little boy, I, I never, oh, I never cheated at anything. I'd never copied anyone's papers. I never had anyone write a paper for me. Mm. I never, I never even passed a note in class. And I think if I ever got one, didn't I didn't open friends. it. I didn't have any friends also. Um, and so my point is... <laughs> I've always been a little bit afraid of cheating in whatever form it takes. And mm -hmm. I guess to me, I feel like pageantry mm. can be a little bit I absolutely, yeah, of a I, form of cheating. I, I am actually the same way, and I understand that. So I've always been afraid of that. But yeah. I think I think there's, you know, I have to be a human. I have to be an adult. I have to see gray areas. So yeah. I, I, think, I think the balloons, the manatee, um, the dressing in drag, things like that, yeah. that's... That's, well, because you're the front that, man of a band. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there is a, you know, you can be that band who's like plays turned around facing her the whole show and like mm. fuck all this. I just listen to my music. Yeah, you know, or the guy who goes out and actually like engages. Yeah, and that's and I'm a terrible public speaker, and I I really don't even know what to say to people once mm. they're in my line of sight. So, the the I tried at first to be a a, a talkative front man, but I think very quickly. The facade crumbled, <laughs> and, and everyone. We all know where our strengths lie. I like yourself it better an hour when John is like talking. <laughs> now I just pretend that I'm tuning, and yeah. I like That's stay down trick. on the ground and just yeah. hope that one of these other yeah. bozos will do the it, talking. It's, it's the tune. Wait for somebody else to make a joke. <laughs> yeah. right. Laugh, still tune. Yeah, uh, and then I just make bad puns and. Yeah. No, it's good though. I'm self-deprecating. So um. So I, I'm just curious. You should, uh, you should, you, you should ask us some really tough questions. Yeah. Like what kind of tough questions you do you want? I don't know. Whatever you think. Whatever I, kind of. You should ask us I, some hard ones. I, some, I generally uh, <laughs> don't have tough questions. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know some some drama, some uh, I, yeah. I mean, some gossip. I'm not necessarily concerned about drama in the band, but I mean, if there is, uh, I mean, the one thing I, I would say I noticed, and I sort of touched on it, you know, the the seriousness of your lyrics and stuff mm. and how how you do that i know uh like the song go by you know what that was about i, I think Allie from uh bandwidth might have written mm -hmm. it up or something uh uh, uh yeah she was Meg? the i think she was the editor uh, i don't know who wrote it it was somebody else. So, somebody from bandwidth yep. wrote it. Yep. Allie was the editor-in-chief of that but yeah. for <laughs> uh for a band that is fun and honestly a song that is fun right uh that's a really serious like thing to put out there, and that's something you put out there, Dave. I mean, you brought to them, and then they're like, "Let's figure out how to do this together." But ultimately, like that's on you. Um, is that <laughs> is that something that you? Uh, I mean, is is Brenda a vehicle for that type of thing, or like? So, uh, um, I've. I've never wanted Brandon to be a vehicle for specifically my own um, my own catharsis. Sure, um, but in 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 some ways, it's 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 become that. 
Um, sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes. Uh, very rarely, though, have I written a song that's as personal in terms of being able to be traced back to historical things that happened to me. I that one is is very is very specific, and um, and and I did happen to write it after the death of a girlfriend, right? Um, and the the fleeing. <laughs> Back to Ohio of 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 another girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so Ohio those... was a terrible place, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, fr- I'm yeah. from there. I can say that. <laughs> if you are too, you can disagree. Yeah. But you know, eh, Southern Ohio's got some nice hills. Okay. Yeah, I will give you that. <laughs> um, Shout so... out to Oberlin. No, we we love Oberlin. We love. Um, so um, I and and yeah, I have no one to. Um, I don't want to use the word blame, um, but uh, th- there's no one else uh, responsible for th- right. that being for this song being in the world but me. That's totally true. I guess um, I don't. I I a song gets written in so many different ways. I I I must have some part of me must have thought at the time that I was writing it that I found this neat turn of phrase that rhymed nicely and mm-hmm. it had a, a kind of a um, a bit of a a controversial topic. Sure. So why not sing about that? Because I've never wanted Brenda to be... I've never wanted the lyrics in Brenda to be boring or to tell boring stories or to be about love or breakups. <laughs> really? No love songs? That's um, a very R.E.M. thing, by the way. Yeah. yeah uh, we. I mean, I, I could That's go down the, the list. Thing. And and And, yeah, um, we have a song about about the the banality of friendship. Then we have a song about manatees. Then we have a song about being a cocaine addict. Then we have a song about a fish that's not a vegan that gets killed. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's like a fable. Right. And we song have a about socialized healthcare. And we have a song about that. Yes. Well, there's Airwolf, but oh. Airwolf has nothing to do with much of anything, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know what that Dogs. song's about. Like, like the New 80s, Jets, like the like... 80s TV show. Right? Yeah, it kind yeah. of in a way. I in <laughs> retroactively, I made the song about my forlornness that the show got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> but the, <laughs> retroactively, first of all, <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious if you actually know the show. But Dominic Santini I do know was the like show. A it's a helicopter. It was and, a helicopter. It was paired it was... with Manimal. 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 Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. that's funny because our one of our first EPs that we released was called. Aminals. 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 Aminals? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I don't think Airwolf was on that. No. But just to finish out the list, so then there's a song about um, about uh, healthcare and mm-hmm. uh, the, the social welfare. Then there's a song about what it is to be a desired sexual object. Mm-hmm. Then getting a job and losing a job. Oh, hating someone named Jim and, <laughs> and working. Um, Actually, that song's about loving yourself. It is. It is. That's so true. It's kind of about right. love. Everybody hates via you. hate. I feel like I'm getting a little off topic. I guess now, but yeah, um, there are. We I, don't write songs about love. We don't write songs about love. This is not a love song. No. Mm. Um, I think I'm drawing a a, a blank on on where. To go. <laughs> I think, but, but, but the list the list you've run down is is basically. Um, you know, you can be a uh, you can be a singer. I mean, you can be a confessional type of songwriter, or you can be a person who is 
uh, a uh, a songwriter, songwriter who doesn't give a fuck what you say and just like, how can I make this perfect? And you know, both are valid. But then there's also this middle ground uh, where you don't necessarily put everything into what you're doing. And, and sometimes, and I think in a song like uh, Go By or honestly, a lot of your songs, uh, it gets very subversive because you slip this stuff in that if uh, I'm a kid listening to your album, you know, I I just assume it's you. Yeah. You know, because you're the front right. guy, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Um, you know, so I guess that becomes like on you. How much are you giving up in that and how much is just your beliefs? You know, uh, again, we're in D.C., the punk edge. I'm assuming like a slight level of activism amongst you guys. Yeah, somewhat. Although I, I think, uh, yeah. Um, so a song like "Go By," uh, uh, half of me was thinking, "Yeah, this." It's important to write about uh, these subjects. Uh huh. Um, the other half of me was also just thinking, "This is a neat, a neat well, subject matter and a neat hook." It's a hilarious conceit too, because and it's a true conceit, because if something like that happens, like. You know, people who are honest with themselves a lot of times will be like, well, shit. <laughs> you know, and it works. Well, I, I guess, I don't know, the most overtly political song I can think of is is Extinct. That's the most, like, mm. but even that one has absurdity in it, you know? Political political messages wrapped in absurdity. And I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I should call it even political. It's like, it's a social message. But, yeah. you know, you could argue it's all political. But anyway... You know, that one's, you know, very overt that, you know, humans are fucking up the planet. So mm -hmm. that's maybe the one of the most sort of on-the-head songs I can think of that Brenda does. And even that one has, you know, lines about Crocodile Dundee. So, you know... Uh, Who is also fucking up the planet with his two movies. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a nice... First one was all right. First one was all right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I think we caught... We, Toe that line a lot, or Dave's lyrics mm. toe that line a lot. Uh, a lot of this for me goes back to what you were saying, John, about you can be in a band and you can play in your room to no one. Yeah. And you're in a band, it's, it's great, you're, you're in a band. Um, but then you can be in the other type of band that, uh, where you, you, you want to play to people. Mm -hmm. And so then that begs the question, what is a band? What's a band's purpose? What does it mean? What does any of the stuff that we do that is not just merely for a paycheck mean? Or if you're lucky enough to be getting a paycheck from your art, what does that mean? And so what, is, what does Brenda mean as a band? Why would anyone want to pay attention to us? Or should we just go back and play in our rooms alone and never play to anyone else? Right. I, I do want people to want to listen to our music and engage with us and come to our shows. And so how and what, what, do you, what can you offer them? Because you're nothing without... Your audience, you're right. You should just go back to your room, right. and play in your room. Um, so, so what do you give them? What 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 did they get from coming to your shows? And I think my personal answer, at least up until now, has been: hopefully, the music is catchy because humans seem to like catchy music. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, hopefully, the music is, um, or the the lyrics are interesting, but not banal and 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 not and not the same thing that you've heard and then there's another thing that i think brenda hasn't really done which you what there's another tactic which a lot of bands take and a lot of bands in dc take you can be overtly political and so you can be yeah, a yeah. rallying point and 
I've never wanted to go and, that way. And I, I, I just as a as a consumer and somebody who's like you know I was a, like a kid when Fugazi was around. Um, that isn't always the best tack, um, because unless you're engaged in that thing already, you just uh, aren't gonna like. <laughs> You're you're not going to engage further. You might mm-hmm. be like this. This is a great song, but you're not going to be like, oh, what are they talking about? And in some ways, that can drive people off. Uh, which is not to say people shouldn't do it, but right. there are so many different ways you can do this. Uh, what I mean, what I what I find is from um, the rise of the internet, people are able to do things easier. I mean, you guys are able to be in a band easier just because of technology, true, and be able to record stuff. Yeah, is. It's interesting to see how people think about once they can say something, what yeah. they decide, how they decide they want to do. Because it's nothing you really think about uh, until you can do it, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh wait, shit! Like, I really okay, I can do whatever the fuck I want to." And so you see people express uh, like in the ways that you guys do is fascinating because it melds a lot of that into this package that is just like, yeah, they want to be fucking rock stars, <laughs> but. But they also don't want to be uh, Taylor Swift, knocking mm-hmm. on Taylor Swift at all. Sure. No, I, and I think, you know, there's something to be said. I mean, I love a lot of very on-the-nose stuff, whether it's you know, yeah. Fugazi, whether it's, whether it's a song like I Don't Know You Shit from Pure Disgust, which is one of my favorite yep. EPs of the last year or so. Uh, but, you know, nice we're, we're never going to do that. You know, that's yeah. not us. We, I don't think any of us is that way personally anyway and so i don't think that's going to come out in our music you know i know for me personally every time i've tried to write a song with a very direct message it sounds like the shittiest song ever written you know because it's just Mm. the most trite sort of Mm. it's easy to be trite yeah it just comes off as like it comes off more fake than if we do this more oblique approach. Well, right. it's probably not trite. It just feels trite. It feels trite. It was very from the heart, Can but I then it chips? it uh, but then it just comes across as terrible art. So <laughs> I hated the song. No, I really like the way you said that. I I think you're right. Like it, it's just not within us to write songs certain ways or to yeah employ certain. I don't want to call them tactics, but for for someone doing it naturally, it's not a tactic. It's just no, what they do not. naturally. Yeah. And there's things that we just, the four of us, don't feel good about doing naturally. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so 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 our nature is to be a little bit more um, ill-defined. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, I mean, and it comes out in the record. Mm-hmm. Ill-defined. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not ill-defined, but... Can we use that as a quote? <laughs> ill-defined. It, it, the, I, I think uh, that creates a little bit of chaos and, and a little bit of looseness that you, you don't hear. Uh, that also, to me, comes across a little bit of fearlessness and hmm. that you're like, a lot of people will be like, I have to polish this, I have to do this, I have to make this the perfect thing instead of just making it, this is the thing, mm. this is us. Mm. And, uh, I mean, just even from talking to you guys for the past 45 minutes, I can see that that's why that is, because that's the way you guys are. Um, Ill-defined. Ill-defined. Fearless. <laughs> Fearless. I, I would say so. I mean, it's... Um, yeah. It, cool. Thank it, you. It's hard. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know, like... like I, I said this up front, like, I don't know who else is making this type of music. Mm. I know a lot of bands that are making somewhere in the neighborhood, but... Yeah, whenever we get compared to any band, I, I I always feel 
um, like whoever said it is a dumbo. Yeah, what's um, because I, I don't feel, I don't, I, I honestly don't feel like we actually sound like Devo. Mm -hmm. I don't think we sound like Talking Heads. I don't think we sound like. I, I, you definitely don't sound like Parquet Talking Courts. Heads. I don't. We like Thank Talking you. Heads too much to even remotely think we sound like. Right, talking and heads. nobody can ever sound like Talking Heads. <clears throat> yeah, like, that's right. Nobody ever, ever will sound like Talking Heads. Yeah, and even B fifty two's comparison, it's not that you sound like the B fifty two. It's there's a spirit there that was, hmm. uh, and they had this that same type of looseness. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, especially in the first album. I mean, I, I, yeah. I actually listened to Year of the Manatee and I listened to the first B fifty two's album, and I was like. If you just mixed them in together, it'd be really hard at points to tell. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Which one? Of course, what you want eventually is to be one of the bands that is getting, you know, you're the band that gets compared and, to. And that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, Hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> um, so you guys are on a, uh, a smaller, you guys are on Babe City now. Well, are you? our album was released on Re Babe released City. Released on Babe but City. But we didn't sign a contract with them okay. any further. So who knows? Yeah, it was more of just an agreement mutual thing to, to release put out an the album tape. together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So you guys are just like completely independent. We're free agents. Pretty much. Uh yeah. It's been great working with them and we've had a lot of fun and we've learned a lot and they've helped us out a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah so much. I you know, and they're doing great, great stuff over there. Um but yeah, we'll see what happens with future Brenda. So it's a short term partnership. Something very similar happened with the first album. Right. Um uh, Brian Gerhardt of Baby Bri Bri yep. uh, found out about us and liked our stuff enough to mm -hmm. uh, to, to put out uh, t he totally bankrolled and replicated yeah. very lovely pink tapes for yeah. uh, Brenda One on Odessa Madre label uh, you know we, we weren't on the label yeah, yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but we, uh, we uh, had a very nice working relationship for a brief period nice nice so as, as again as the old guy in the room uh yeah, it can't be that old. I'm getting up there. Uh, I have more gray hair than you do. You do have, but I, you have more hair than I do. So. <laughs> I have a lot of beard. Yes. Um, so, like, the cassettes. Yeah. yeah I kind of hate them. I, but, actually, you know. yeah, because, like, I interacted with you guys, and I was literally just, like, kidding you guys on Twitter, but it was like, I really wanted to buy mm. your thing the day of release. Yeah. And then... There was no digital thing, and yeah. it was like, ah. Um, well, but, that, okay. So that was strategic. Okay. Because um, Alt Citizen had uh, agreed to stream our album for the oh, first week okay. of its release. So we made an agreement with Alt Citizen with to not gotcha. make it available to purchase until after that week. Okay. So now you can buy a digital Yes, absolutely. Copy. Now you can. And I did. So. Cool. Okay. And if you buy a Thank tape, you. which is five bucks, you get a digital you copy. You get a digital download. And, you know, the guys at Babe City pointed this out to us, which is that people like to have a memento, even if they don't have a tape player, which, let's be honest, frankly, like no, a lot of people don't have tape players. <laughs> I have a tape player, and I like to listen to tapes because it's a little bit less labor-intensive yeah, than yeah. listening to records. But anyway, that being said, it's so, so much cheaper. Right. Producing vinyl is really expensive. It's like two K to do a minimum run of vinyl, and then you're, absolutely. And then if you don't sell half of those, you're not even going to make that money back. So but, and tapes sell more than CDs. It is the yeah, market. It shows. is much cheaper, but the sound quality is is much like, and that gets into like what kind of stuff do you guys think should be? And this isn't just like a Brenda question. What kind of stuff should be like being put on cassette? Because it's stuff like 
like uh, Good question. Chad's album, like Beauty Pill, mm. like he would probably strangle somebody right, if we right, right. on cassette. Well, Andrew, you know, and, and, we yeah. had this discussion when he put out There Is Nothing to Fear, which he put out on vinyl. Yeah. And I was talking to him about the advantage of tapes and he... I was like, no, because that mm-hmm. album was recorded with a lot of tracks, a lot of pieces, a lot of instrumentation, and I think the quality demanded vinyl. Yeah. And I think there is something to be said for Brenda's quality sounding good on tape. I like the way it Do sounds you? on I tape. I actually could, I, so, you know, I grew up, you know, in the 80s buying tapes, yeah. right? And and then once tapes are gone, I was happy about that, especially because they break it, et cetera, et cetera. And you'd buy like four copies of Beverly Hills Yeah, right, soundtrack. exactly. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters soundtrack. Great, yeah, yeah. Oh, great soundtrack. Ray yeah. Parker Ace Jr. Bass. Oh, man. Yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, I didn't believe it. And Brian Gerhardt was like, I thought your guy's album would sound great on tape. I want to put it out on a Madre. And I was like, whatever. This whole like, you know, everybody's like, blah, this sounds better than that. I was like, tapes sound better than nothing. And then I heard it, and I was like, he's actually kind of right. There's mm-hmm. a different, you know, element to the tape sound it's... that actually made it kind of meld together in this fascinating way that I actually thought sounded okay. And I was like, I'm okay with this. And But then to bring up the other thing is like, I also know people who do these, you know, limited run, lathe cut, you know, one-off yeah, records, yeah. which sound quote-unquote terrible, like they're... Their dynamic range is terrible. Their their frequency response is terrible. They sound kind of tinny. They sound like an old radio. Yeah. But they have their own sort of charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't want that to be the only way my album was heard. But there, there's something, you know, there's a reason for those too. And so, you know, I didn't believe it, but I was like, damn, there's a reason for tapes again, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I asked... Um... Uh, Franz Nicolay about it, and he said, you know, part of it to him seemed to be people fetishizing music and and how they get it and stuff. And like you said, people want a collectible thing. Yeah, it's weird to see it get into a mode where you're sort of mastering for cassette in some ways. Like if, if you if your band has a certain sound, because I think you're oh, yeah. right. I think there's some bands uh, that are putting their stuff out on cassette that it just doesn't work. Yeah, like on any other thing, because if you actually like. Uh, and this is in no way like a slam on any band at all, but if you pull it apart and it's high fidelity, it's like, wow, that sounds like shit. <laughs> it's just yeah. the sure. instrumentation of how that works. Um, you know, so it's it's sort of interesting to see. Is Brian still doing that? Is I don't know. That... I think he does it sporadically as he sees, but I haven't heard if he's done anything in a while. So, But, I mean, you, you brought up a good point about the commodification mm-hmm. and, like, sort of the, uh, you know, the object lust of music, which... I kind of find that, you know, I love vinyl too, but at the same time I have these reservations about vinyl because of the object lust aspect, you know, is it about the music, is it about the cool cover art, maybe it's about all of it, but then it's also like, oh, I got, you know, it's like the whole James Murphy thing, it's like, I have every seminal, you know, Detroit techno record on white label, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and it's just like, when does it become more about the object than the music? And then that's sad too. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. I mean, well, it's like all those records back there. Gus is chewed. <laughs> like, like I had, I had a pristine copy of of uh, XL on Main Street when I bought it. I was Ooh. like, I was like, oh yeah. And he's just chewed through the album artwork and stuff. But and for a while I was upset about it. But now I'm just like, no Gus, man, that's that's my life. Shit. And I can look at that and be like, I know my cat. You know who's my life partner? Dude, right. on that thing. Right. So. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Do you guys think about that though? The the commodification of your stuff. 
We haven't we haven't had we to worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we would love for our stuff to be commodified. Well, we'd, we'd love to have it's that. It's never worry. too early to start thinking Maybe. about it, Dave. I think unless you're a real, a real kind of scallywag, um, the only reason that you would would want your art to be commodified is because you love to do that art and mm-hmm. and, and you want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't want to have to. You don't want to have to go and do something right. else just to get your bread on the table. Uh, and so I have no problem at all with commodifying art in any in any <laughs> right. that's, there, that's Yeah. I, I've I've never had a problem with it. I've never I never thought it was realistic or uh, 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 I didn't I just feel like it doesn't come from the heart to say that you can't make money off your art. I, I think that's a fine thing to do. And I think if any of us had the opportunity, we probably would. Yeah. Tr- yes. Probably, if we could make a decent living, go full time. If 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 yeah. we could tour and play and uh and you know not have to have a second job, I think we would all do that. And so I I have no problem with commodifying art as, as a as a philosophical concept. And and but that's also I think. I think your brand and your image, right. all of that is, all of the stuff we're talking about, whether vinyls, t-shirts, stickers, buttons, having a, a constant presence on uh, social media, um, going to shows and seeing people, it, it's, it, unfortunately it all has to do with that, that, that package that you're selling. Yeah. It, it all gets wrapped up into one and I don't, I don't, I don't know the perfect formula to get a band or any artist to the point where they can make money and be able to do their art full time. I think, I think and you have to tour all the time. I think in some ways we half ass it. Unfortunately, um, sure. we, our guts aren't totally in it. I think I look at other bands sometimes and they, really? they've gone all the way. They, yeah. they, uh, they, they are doing more. They are, you, you, you use the word fearless. I think there are more fearless bands than mm, sure. Brenda, for that's, sure. That's in everything. Like, there's you're always if you mm. are sitting around in whatever endeavor you do and look up and be like, I don't see anybody like up there. Like, you're not. You're fooling yourself. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, I I, I I guess I wish that I wish that I was the type of person first sure. and foremost that that was willing to say I'm going to do everything possible to make this happen to commodify my art to Mm. the to the to the utmost so that i can do this full time because we know people who are that way we know people who are trying to do that we know people who do do that uh, i think we know people like that well we all (laughs) see them on tv all the time uh or listen to them whenever their stuff comes out but yeah but uh, uh we i think i think we're not there as a band we no one in Brenda has made the decision that we're going to give everything we have to the music. There's there's always been a bit of a holdback. So, Brenda's my full time job right now. That's true, <laughs> but it's, it's John mainly, mainly it's by John. default. So, nobody in Brenda except for John. <laughs> but it's by default. It's more by quitting a job and then you know, doing so, music. So so to that point, and and we should probably start like wrapping up. <clears> right, sure. Getting another. Um, uh, to to that point though, do you feel as an Artists, like speaking not from the person who's thinking about the commerce, do you feel you have to? 
Or do you feel it's something like, I know how to do this, but I also have to do this. Like there's, uh, you guys know Sean Barna? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's a good friend of mine, and yeah. and, and he's, he's moving back. He is. I know. He's, Thank he God. Might, he, he, he's probably Yay. staying here for back, a few days. Sean. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Sean, you are the best. Um, Yay, but I can't um, wait. but uh, that's his main struggle, right? Is figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Here you have this like super intelligent guy, highly educated, and just doesn't want to do that, and he wants to do the thing. So well, it helps he's an incredible musician. It helps with that too. <laughs> yeah. This is a struggle I have all the time. Yeah, Kevin, and I'm in school right now. Uh-huh. I'm getting a master's in social work because that is something that is similar to art for me. Yeah, it's like I've struggled for a long time to figure out something else that I love, and it is a creative outlet for me, and it's a part of who I am. Yeah, just like being a musician is, and. I am maybe at a a disadvantage or disservice to either one that I can't choose one, but that's Mm. also like who I am. So then the question is, do you have to? I don't. Yeah. But Brenda may suffer because I I haven't. But I might not suffer. So Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I hear you. But, but I guess the number one the first. Is like, yeah. would, it's all about Would Brenda me. actually suffer? I mean, if you're talking about like <laughs> availability, that's one thing. If you're like, we need to go on tour. Well, I can't because right. I have that's, a series of exams. That's a real thing. That is that is a real thing. That is time based. That's workaround. But if you're talking about the, I think the art that you guys create, like, can that really actually suffer from that? Mm. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess none of us have lived that life, so it's hard to right. say. Um, I feel like. I'm a scattered enough person, like, I couldn't do music, you know, 12 hours a day. I'd go insane. <laughs> but, I, you know, but I have to do it all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, if I had some kind of, like, $30,000 a year signing bonus from some label, and all I had to do was, like, throw my my sheet off me in the morning in my loft and, like, walk around <laughs> naked, drinking wine for, like, eight hours. and then be Father right. John Misty. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I would probably go insane, too, if, like, I just was, like, oh, I'm an artist. And, like, right. I don't know, like, thinking all day about what I'm going to do tonight to write my 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 piece. I don't know. I would probably, yeah, also go insane. It's, it's nice to have that balance. Like, yeah. the, whatever the normal life is and then be able to do your... Have your art life. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Mm. I think I need that. But also, I haven't mm. lived the total art life. I have no idea what that would even be like. So right. I don't have to wake up in the morning and go somewhere at nine o'clock. I mean, I mean, it it's kind of speaks to the sophomore slump idea of like bands that put out an album when they're like working like crazy, and then suddenly they get some success, and now they are that wake up, throw your sheet off, drink wine all day, and make art people, <laughs> yeah. and they make shit. Or just something well, that's ha- not as good. Yeah, no, you have your whole life to make your first album. True. And then after that, it's like, well, what the fuck yeah. do I do now? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, point. I mean, if you're like solely focused on that, you know, without I've that seen my, my dear, one of my dearest friends and roommate, Andrew, grow as an artist when he made the decision to quit his job. He makes money as a musician. Mm. He teaches to subsidize it, but his process is such that he writes songs that take a long time to to suss out, and he just works on them for hours and hours. He sits at that piano, 
and he write. He's like that's how you, he puts you know. out albums like he, that. When, when they were down here, he actually gave me the stink eye because I didn't know that's what he was doing. But him and Mike both were like, "Oh yeah, we're just doing music." And I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and it was the most dead serious I've seen anybody about it. But it was. He's been very vocal about that recently. Yes. He once at some interview or something he said like he thinks the number one detriment to the DC scene is people like us mm. who aren't willing to be musicians full time. And it's like a debate we have all the time. Well, and that's actually what we're talking about right now with the American balance of stuff. Interesting. Mm -hmm. When it's tougher to balance in D.C., as everyone knows, so. Yeah. Well, true. It's expensive. Yeah. Oh, it's... (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you guys, uh, You're the Manatee is out now. Uh, What's the touring looking like? (laughs) We're going to Williamsburg. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) we are a great place. We're playing Williamsburg with Hemlines. Oh yeah, nice. Hemlines is great. Uh, uh, Meridian Coffee House, uh, Cherry U puts on the shows there. She's um, in Julian. Uh, wait, what? She's in Julian, a punk band. Oh right, yes, yeah. Julian, yes, uh, with Andy Garner and Julia Leiby, Leiby, Leiby. Um, that's our only tour. That's, and then we come back. We record some demos with Mark McInerney of the de- uh, Gosh Rom Rom. And then we have two more shows. We have um, the the MLK Library show, yep. the DC Punk Archive. Yeah, yep. We're so excited. That's such an honor. Yeah, we're thrilled. And then we have mm. the Evil Ones final show at Comet Ping Pong with some great bands. Yeah, yeah. Aught and, and Level Up. up. Oh, yeah, man. I just heard the Damn. new Aught album. And I was just like, Damn. all right, it's, yeah. it's, it's gonna work. Yeah. Damn. Um, and and then, and then um, so then John and, leaves us. Then John yeah. goes. He moves to Pittsburgh. And Christian Whittle. Uh, what a uh, question. He doesn't like that. Um, will join us on base. He. You, you he, see how quickly you replaced John? <laughs> well, is he a Libra. He is a Libra. All of our bases have been Libras. <laughs> um, they keep getting blown up in accidents. Uh, and so he's um, he goes to, G- to uh, GW. He's a he's a awesome That's dude, selfish. and uh, he he went on tour with us when we went on tour with Teen Mom in June. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows good amount of the songs, but uh, it's gonna be a recalibration. It'll be the next era of Brenda. So we don't really have a tour. Plan right now. But that's right the now. near future. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, we'll see what happens. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming down. Uh, Thanks so much. This has been fun. Yeah. uh, Come back anytime. All right. See you soon. Later. Bye. Thanks again to uh, Dave, John, and Leah for uh, choosing to spend an afternoon down here in the basement. Uh, that was honestly one, I think, one of the favorite conversations I've had. They, I keep stacking them up this year. They, they, you know, start off, no idea what's going to go on, and then it turns into just a, a really good time. Um, I think it comes across, and there you can tell we had a really good time. Uh, some serious talk, but a good, good bit of laughing and a whole lot of gus. 
That's never a bad thing. We are going to put a bunch of links in the show notes for you to check out Brenda wherever you may be. We're going to tell you how to buy their album, Year of the Manatee, and their first album. Uh, We're also going to let you know if they're coming to your town anytime soon, what shows they're playing uh, around D.C. and whatnot. If you are, uh, you know, if if you are familiar with Brenda and this podcast, and you already know about all this, but if if not, you know, DC has a very vibrant house show scene. These guys are are sort of integral to to what's happening. They, there's a whole lot of cogs, a whole lot of moving parts, a lot of moving people, very passionate people about uh, making this whole thing work, and they are they are one of them. So uh, if you heard that and hadn't heard of them before that, and were inspired in some way to start checking this out, please do. Uh, reach out to them, reach out to me. Uh, go see a house show. Go, go to Bathtub Republic if you see that pop up. Go to Paper House. Uh, get a, you know, wherever somebody is having a show, get out and see live music. It is, uh, it's important. Um, as important as those big festivals, I think. Uh, so uh, that's it for Brenda this week. Uh, before we get out of here, as promised, uh, one of our favorite bands from way back in 2012, uh, when the site was a wee... We lad, uh, and we actually did not have a podcast back then. Uh, a band by the name of Dirty Ghost put out an album called Metal Moon. Um, it is, uh, for lack of a better term, there's influences of punk, influences of the '80s. Uh, headed up by one Allison Baker. Uh, it is a trio. Uh, they that album uh, they got a lot of really really good critical praise for. I'm not sure how well it did for them, how big it actually got. Uh, they are back now with a new album called Let It Pretend. It comes out, I believe, this Friday. <laughs> Uh, I have heard it. It is fantastic. Uh, it is uh, more. I think Paul and I might be fighting over who who likes this album more. But I don't want to spoil anything because I think we're going to talk about it on a podcast coming up. Uh, in the meantime, just so you can know this is coming out, uh, we got a track off it for you. So this is the uh, single, first single from uh, the Dirty Ghost new album, Let It Pretend. Uh, the name of the track is Cataract. So here you go.
there you go. The name of the track is Cataract. The name of the band is Dirty Ghosts. And their new album coming out this Friday is called Let It Pretend. I implore you, uh, buy it. Add it to your cues on your Spotify's and your audios and Apple Music. Do what you need to do to get it in your ear. And hopefully we'll be talking uh, about this album a little more uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, maybe even talk to the band. Uh, we'll see if they get back here. That Last time they played a common ping pong, and it was a fucking awesome show. Uh, so hopefully you might see a repeat performance. That is our podcast for this week. As usual, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it. Uh, even better, go ahead and rate us in iTunes. You know, we just started measuring this metrics thing, and, uh, you know, we're getting uh, a good, good, bit of traffic at least i think i don't know i see 2000 downloads in 90 days and i like i don't know what to make of that uh so if you're a numbers person email me tell me what to make of that um but but the point is you know we do this out of love and we want uh other people to not only be able to hear this but also uh may sometimes even join the team like eduardo who's on the past two podcasts he's going to be on the next one too so uh so yeah you know check it out on itunes stitcher uh, wherever you can find it, man. Just put it in your ear. So, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back in seven short days. Until then, be good to your ears and be better to your people. See you later. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Kenobi!